Shife Sports Show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Shite Sports Talk Show. Welcome to our NCAA Tournament Special Show. I know we've already had some games today. We'll go over those, but thank you for listening. Join always my producer and co-host, Uncle Paulie. How you doing, Paulie? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I just want to give my condolence to you, Paulie, for the loss of your beloved dog today. Everyone, please give Paul a prayer today. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. She was a great dog. <laughs> Uh, join in studio by once again by my father, David Scheib. Dad, welcome. Nice to have. Nice to be here. <laughs> and join back by Skype. He's out of the studio again for a couple more months, Mr. Brad Cameron. Good evening, sports fans. <laughs> the <laughs> nice. true lefty of golf. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, as I said, today is the NCAA special show, and uh, we're going to go ahead and recap some of the games so far today. Um, it looks like Ohio State is going to beat VCU. The game went overtime. Ohio State's up 75-70 with four seconds left in overtime, so Ohio State will be advancing on uh, early action today. Let's go with the upsets already today. University of Alabama, Birmingham, the 14th seed, took down number three seed, Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State was the Big 12 tournament champions, and they lost today 60-59, to so that's the first of many bracket busters today. Uh, the second big one today was 14 seed Georgia State from the Sun Belt Conference took down the three seed Baylor from the Big 12 with a last second three pointer. Uh, I mean, just an another bracket buster. I mean, what's there more to say? I mean, good showing from Georgia State. They went on a big 10 0 run to finish the game. And, you know, that's what happens when you let down. Uh, the then the last uh, top seed to win today was UCLA, the number 11 seed from the Pac-12, came in and beat the number six seed, SMU, 60-59 to on a late goaltending call. Uh, it's funny about UCLA, guys, because they were people were saying they didn't belong in the tournament, and I think this win, they proved that they did belong in this tournament. We'll get to that later. Uh, also, Xavier beat Ole Miss, 76-57. Butler took down Texas, 56-48. Arizona just stopped. Texas Southern, 93-72. to And Notre Dame luckily pulled out a win today, 69-65. They made it very interesting. Northeastern had a chance to win the game late, but just couldn't get it done. They had one final possession, and they lost it. It was stolen from them, and Notre Dame liked what good teams should do. They closed out the game like they should. Um, I'm going to go ahead and turn the microphone over to our college basketball guru, Mr. Brad Cameron. So, Brad, the mic is all yours, buddy. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you, Shipe. Look, first of all, let's talk about some of these upsets. Uh, you know, this just follows up everything that's happened in the past couple of years with, uh, you know, some of the crazy runs that that teams have been making. You know, credit to UAB and and credit to Georgia State for for toughing it out, sticking to their to their game plans and and getting those W's today. Uh, you know, one thing you have to to wonder, Shipe, do you do you think these conference champions, Iowa State and Notre Dame, possibly are just tired from playing too many games against, you know, against top opponents. And, and they came into this either, you know, either sleeping, not, not respecting their opponents. Or do you think they were just still kind of, you know, kind of exhausted and gassed from conference tournaments? What do you think? I think Iowa State, out of the two between them and Baylor, I think Iowa State was probably the most gassed. I mean, they played three. They had to come back from three straight games from double digits. And I don't care who you are. You could be an NBA team 
And that will take a lot out of you. I mean, I'm sure, you know, they had, you know, four or five days to rest, but still the fatigue was there. They're only college kids and they played all those tournaments in a row. I mean, it's the same thing when Connecticut went on that run. I mean, they kept it going, but you can tell as these tournaments go on and on and on, these teams are going to get tired. And you're going to see it during the NCAA tournament. You'll have, I think it was past couple of years, we've had some one seeds that have lost to a number eight or nine seed and possibilities because they ran the tables in their conference tournament. They came into the first round, they ran them, and then they just ran out of steam or ran out of gas. And all it is is these big-time programs, if you give those little programs, those little lower seeds, a little glimpse of hope that they can beat you and they get the confidence, they're going to go right at your throat and they're going to choke you out until you lose. I mean, that's that's the problem is you have to get ahead of them and establish yourself like, I'm the higher seed, you're going to lose. What Arizona did, I mean, they were up by 21 points at halftime. I mean, if I'm Tetson Southern player, you know, it's drained for me. But if, let's say, Tetson Southern was in three or four points like these other teams, then they're like, hey, we can do this. They're not beating us like everyone said they should. We can come back in this game. So I think that's what the major difference is between what Arizona did as a two seed and maybe Baylor, Notre Dame, Iowa State is they let these teams stay around too long and these teams believed in themselves. I mean, UAB was up on, on Iowa State at halftime. I mean, if you're UAB, you're thinking to yourself, hey, we're winning. We can win this. We can win this whole thing against them. So that's what it is, is that you're giving these teams hope. And when they get hope, they're going to run with it. I mean, what, what are your guys' thoughts on, on what I just said on that? Brad? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, you know, in a sense that, that yeah, w- once you let these teams hang around, uh, you know, if you let the game stay close, they're going to they're gonna scratch and claw till the end, and, and they're going to try and win these basketball games because they have nothing to lose. You know, these kids come in there with nothing but heart, and they want to win these games. Uh, and so, yeah, when you let them hang around, you know, the, the idea creeps into their mind, hey, look, we can win this basketball game too. Like, we're right here. But you look at a team like Arizona that came, you know, came in with, you know, with the anticipation that they were going to really, really dr- you know, drown them out today, and they did. Uh, but you know, I, I wonder if, you know, if Iowa state was possibly just, you know, still fatigued from, you know, from having to go through so many teams, um, in the big 12, uh, but also one of their stars, George's Niang was out with foul trouble a lot of the first half. He got three fouls under his belt in the first half and they had to sit him virtually the last 12 minutes or so. And UAB was able to, uh, to go on a nice little run there and, and take the lead and, you know, kind of instill some confidence in, uh, in that team going into the second half. Uh, but Notre Dame, you know, possibly they, they were just still tired from, uh, you know, from their conference championship as well. I know, I know they won, uh, you know, and I don't know if it was a mental thing or, or if literally they were just, you know, tired from still having to deal with the likes of North Carolina and Duke. Um, you know, we'll have to we'll have to reevaluate some of these other teams like Wisconsin, conference champion, and then like Duke and like North Carolina and teams like Maryland who lost, you know, the the day before the conference championship uh, and and had extra time to rest. We'll see how you know how fired up and how lively those teams looked, you know, versus Notre Dame who looked a little sluggish and and just couldn't get it going. Same thing for Iowa State, just looked a little sluggish and couldn't get it going. You know, I wonder what kind of wear and tear truly those conference championships had on these teams and the impact it had on their performance today. Well, here's the thing about Notre Dame is, is the ACC, their, their champions get an extra day of rest from all these other conference tournaments. I mean, they finished their tournament up on Saturday. So they actually had the extra day rest other than Ohio, Iowa State had to perform on Sunday. Wisconsin had to play on Sunday. So they actually had the extra day of rest because their 
you know, their conference is smaller than others. So, I mean, I just think Northeast, Northeastern, you know, they had a chance. They they gave the ball to the wrong guy. You know, they didn't put in their playmaker, and sometimes that's what happens. But, you know, Notre Dame, I mean, they had the extra day rest. But like you said, I think giving these teams hope and the fact that they will claw it out, they're going to wear you down even more. So you're already going to be worn down, and then they're going to make you wear it down more. Because some of these teams, I mean, this is the only time some of these kids will be in this tournament. Like then we mentioned before the show, like Florida Gulf Coast two years ago, they haven't been bad since then. That was the first time they were even in it. And, you know, take, you know, take your moment, take your spotlight and run with it because you never know when you're going to be bad. Some of these lower conferences, these kids who are juniors, seniors, you know, even sophomores, they don't know if their team going to be back. I mean, they don't know if they'll ever be there again because of what, where they come from. And so they're going to like, you know, we're going to make most of this right now in UAB. And Georgia State, they're making most of what they're doing. And, you know, seniors on that team, I think, are going to be the leaders of these lower seeds or they're going to be the seniors because they could have been there for all four years, never even sniffed the tournament. Now that they're in it, they're probably telling the young guys, hey, you know, this is the only time we're in it. This could be the only time you're going to be in it. Let's just grind it out and show people that who we really are. Well, Shipe, it's funny you say that. UAB starts four freshmen and one senior. So look for them in the next couple of years to be a pretty good squad. Yeah, and now they're making note of people with those freshmen saying, hey, we're going to be here for at least three, hopefully more than one year. I don't think any of them will be committed to the draft already. But well, we'll see. <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, they're thinking themselves as freshmen, hey, you know, we're going to be here for three more years. You know, we're going to mature. Let's show these people what we're about now. Maybe next year they'll fear us a little bit better, maybe give us more respect in the seating. Sure, sure. Yeah, we'll have to stay tuned and see what, uh, see what else they can do in the tournament. But uh, let's get to the next question. What everyone wants to know, Shipe, is Kentucky going to do it all? Who are you taking, Kentucky or the field? Do I get uh, betting odds on this? There's no odds. <laughs> you are either confident in Kentucky's can ability get, to keep get a five games to or you think they're going to slip up. Um, I'm going to say they're going to slip up. I'm going with the field. I think they okay. will be beaten. Um, I, think they, they'll, I think they'll get out of their bracket. But as I stated, this team earlier, who's already played and they scored the most points so far in the tournament, I think their roadblock is going to be Arizona. I feel Arizona can comp- can compete with them. I mean, they also have to go through Kansas, and you know Maryland. They maybe Maryland can give them a chance if Trimble and Wells comes to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I see. You know, with Maryland, real quick, when they, I'm assuming, yeah, both of us, Maryland pride. Uh, I feel like if Maryland does go against Kentucky and Wells and Trimble plays up to their potentials, they could maybe give Kentucky some trouble. Because Wells, when he gets going in that paint, I mean, it's hard to stop him. I mean, he drives through the lane with, you know, LeBron James-type force sometimes. I mean, some of the plays he did against Wisconsin the first time, Indiana, and, you know, the first part of Michigan gaming, when he goes in that paint, you know, it's hard to stop him. Well, yeah, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to skip forward to that to that matchup. That's that's gonna that's getting a little far ahead. I'm just I'm talking about roadblocks for Kentucky that could slow them down. Sure, sure. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's Maryland. I, I would I would love if 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 it was Maryland. Could, but, you, uh, could you imagine if that happened? Uh, the place would go nuts. College college park would go if if Maryland ground. if Maryland beats Kentucky, there will be no College Park left. There will be no College <laughs> Park. It will be burned to the ground. Frat Row will be nothing but couches being burned, oh. which oh makes gosh. no sense to me because they pay for those couches. Like, oh yeah, let's burn my couch. <laughs> have Whatever. Fun, have fun buying another one. But I'm I'm gonna agree with you, Shipe. I think uh, I think someone gets Kentucky. You know, I just think the SEC was not that a was, big enough test. That was gonna be for, my next point. Was gonna be the yeah. SEC is not. They're a football conference. They're not a basketball conference. I hate to well, say it, but that's it, it's true. 
it is true. That, but they have been good at basketball in uh, in the past couple of years. But this year in particular, the SEC is a little bit down. Uh, you know, teams like Tennessee, who, who normally compete in the NCAA tournament, aren't there. Teams like Florida aren't making it to the tournament. So the SEC is is definitely weakened. Uh, this year, not that I'm discrediting Kentucky's, you know, regular season performance of, of going undefeated. That's great. I just I just fear that maybe they think that they have faced the, the toughest t- competition that they're going to see all year when in actuality they they, they really, really haven't. Uh, so I, I think someone gets them, too. And I think the best teams to uh, to really take them down, you know, are, are, are either Wisconsin or Duke. I think they're the only two teams with with enough realistic size to hang with the likes of Kentucky. I just think other teams will, will, will get out outsized and, and out rebound and uh, just, just out bodied by Kentucky. But I think Wisconsin has the lineup to hang with them. And I also think Duke has a, a big enough lineup to hang with them. Now, granted they wouldn't face either of those teams until farther into the tournament, but uh, I'd say those are the, uh, the two toughest oppositions uh, for Kentucky. Well, what do you think is the, is the toughest region? Shipe. Toughest region. Can I can I make one more comment about Kentucky real quick? Go. I, I like your your statement about the SEC, how it's a very it's a very big down year for them. And Kentucky, like I stated earlier when we did a preview show a couple weeks ago, they struggled away from home. They were struggling against LSU. They struggled against Georgia. I mean, when they were away from home, they were struggling. And now they're in the tournament, they're going to be away from home again. So if that's a pattern to where in the SEC, you know, carried over where they were struggling away from home, they're going to be playing some better teams away from home. So I think that's going to play into the factor, whereas, I mean, LSU should have beaten them, I think. Georgia had a chance. So I really think the home field factored in a lot for them this year because they really do have great fans in Kentucky. So I want to see how they're going to do away from home against better competition. Oh, we'll, have to, we'll have to stay tuned. We'll have to wait and see. Only time will tell. And now for your toughest bracket. Toughest region. Who uh, who has the toughest road? I'm looking at it. It's hard, you know, it's hard to say, but it's got to be the Midwest where Kentucky's at. I mean, you have Kentucky, you have West Virginia, you have Maryland. You know, now you have Butler, Notre Dame. You, know, you have Wichita State, Kansas. I mean... The list goes on. I mean, Wichita State is probably the best number seven seed in this whole tournament. I mean, they have what two losses all year. I mean, that's that's not bad. And they were the one last year who had the cinder. They had four. Yeah, four. they were undefeated four. for a while. I guess they took a little stumble. No, they they lost early against Utah. I think that's Utah right. beat them like seventh game of the season. It was uh, Northern Illinois that was having a good season. They lost. They, Wichita State beat Northern Illinois. Northern Iowa, yeah, they, Northern I'm Iowa had a nice sorry. run going. Mm-hmm. But Wichita State, if you all remember, was the seat was the team that beat Kansas when they were a one seed. Yes, and they were the one. So Wichita State is no pushover for a number seven seed. They're no pushover. Uh, Kansas is they always play everyone tough. I mean, they're Kansas. Uh, Notre Dame, like we said, they were ACC champs. We'll see how the fatigue faces them against Butler. And Butler, people need to realize Butler may not show up. You know, maybe not during a you know, conference tournaments, but Butler finds ways to win in the tournament. They come to play, and they're a March Madness team. There's a lot of teams where you can say that about to where, like Michigan State, they know how to win in March. Butler is one of those teams where you wouldn't think about it, but they know how to win in March. Uh, You got Maryland, West Virginia. I mean, Maryland's very capable of putting up threes as well. I mean, they have a good amount of three-point shooters on that team to where if they get hot, 
they're going to stay hot. But as we found against Michigan State, if they go cold, they go cold bad. And um, I think Kentucky may... I picked them to get out of the region, but I think it's going to be really hard for them. Um, yeah, I mean, wh- what do you think about the Midwest, or did you have another, another region? Well, no, I, uh, I actually I do agree with you, especially based on the knowledge that we already have. It being you know Thursday, and a couple games have already taken place, and you look at Duke's bracket, which uh, you know, which might have been you know possibly the second with with Gonzaga and Iowa State, but now that Iowa State is out, you know that that looks like a lot easier of a bracket uh, and same thing for Wisconsin's bracket, you know, having, having Arizona in there, uh, you know, and, and then, then possibly, you know, possibly Baylor, you know, North Carolina is still a tough test. That's, uh, but now, uh, that's a team I would look for in that bracket is North Carolina. Sure. You know, North Carolina, Arizona is still in there, but, but Baylor being knocked out really, you know, that, that weakens, um, that weakens that bracket. And I don't, you know, I don't think Bill Villanova, Virginia, have a very tough bracket at all. Uh, it, it has to be the Midwest. You know, you look at a team like Maryland that possibly was going to get three seed or, or, or possible two seed if they, if they won their, uh, their conference championship and got a four seed. So you're looking at a team that got kind of de-seeded a little bit in a, in a sense where, you know, they're possibly a lot stronger than you think at a four seed. And then Kansas who's proven themselves, Wichita state proven themselves. Notre Dame just won the ACC championship. I think without a doubt, it has to be, uh, the Midwest, just like you said. Well, who is your team to watch, Shipe? If there's any any team that you think you know, is kind of possibly sliding on the radar, or or you think is just going to make a, a really nice run, who is who is your team to watch? Can I give two? Because I have really two close you, ones in my opinion. You can give you can give two. One was I, I just stated was North Carolina, just okay. because they they had some injuries beginning of the year and they played, you know, they played Duke tough. When they when they played Duke the first time, they should have won that game. They did. They just came off a win against Virginia, and I think the second team is Michigan State. I mean, Virginia needs to be scared about that matchup if they play Michigan State. Michigan State, like I said, Tom Izzo knows how to win in March. I mean, he just beat Maryland. I mean, they ran the tables in that tournament until they lost to Wisconsin. But Wisconsin's a very good team. Mm-hmm. But you have to look out for Tom Izzo. He knows how to prepare, and I'm sure you know. I'm sure he's looking towards his matchup now. But I'm sure he's looking forward to Virginia, you know, thinking two steps ahead for his matchup there. And they can possibly knock off the two seed. And I tell you what, if they beat Virginia, they could make a run to the Elite Eight. And the same for North Carolina, where I feel like they could beat Wisconsin. And, you know, if for some reason they can get past Wisconsin, there's no reason to say that North Carolina couldn't somehow make a run to the Final Four because, I mean, Roy Williams knows how to win. And that's the thing. I'm picking coaches that know how to win which is the Roy Williams, Tom Izzo. They may not have the best teams in the tournament, but they know how to get these teams to win. What about Coach K? Duke has been ousted. Uh... That's why I feel scared about Duke is okay. Coach K has, their recent couple of years have not been the best for tournaments. I mean, they've been ousted in the first round, the second round. I mean, their best run was when they won the tournament a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm really scared a little bit for Duke. Um, I mean, I pit them in my final. Only because I feel like, you know, without Iowa State now, it's a very easy road, and the only roadblock they probably have will be Gonzaga. Uh, I mean, looking at Dutes bracket, I mean, Utah, you know, like you said earlier, they're not, you don't think West teams are that strong. Georgetown is the most unpredictable four seed in this whole tournament. How they got a four seed, I really don't know. I think, I personally, I think they were a five or six seed just because they're so unpredictable. But I think, 
you know, I think Duke has the easiest road, but I really think people need to look out for Michigan State and North Carolina because North Carolina came off strong at the very end. They're healthy now. And that's what Roy Williams have been saying. He's, you know, they've been losing tight and he's like, let me get my team healthy and show you what I can do with them. And they are a very healthy team now and a very dangerous team to Wisconsin. I, I like those picks. I, uh, I, I agree with you. North, Ca- North Carolina's relentless pursuit of offensive boards is absolutely incredible. And now that they are healthy. They certainly are a, te- a team to fear. But you know, as a seven seed, I'm going to go with Wichita State. Um, you know, this is a team that's done it before. They have players who have experienced this, who understand the pressure, who know how to deal with the pressure. And uh, I think they can make a, a run as a seven seed. But and I'm also going to go go out on a limb, and I'm going to say I'm going to say Utah. I know I was I was a little harsh on them, and I I do think the West Coast teams have been a little bit weaker than the East Coast teams the past several years. But I think Utah has a nice balance between guard play and big men uh, that that might be able to sneak up and surprise a couple teams. You know they're going to have to go through through Duke, but. Uh, you know, I think they can definitely, definitely make it to the Sweet 16, and um, and I think they could, they could scare Duke and, and possibly upset Duke there uh, to make it to the Elite Eight. So the teams I, I would look out for is Utah, but definitely look out for Wichita State. You know, a team that's that's really good as a seven seed. That they, they got to be one to watch. All right, um, real quick, I want to ask my dad, um, what do you think was the toughest region or the region of death? It's you'd have to go with what you two guys have have discussed. It's the Midwest. You know you, the teams you have there. Whoever comes out of the Midwest, I would have to give them all the credit, and it's because you're going to beat. They're going to beat each other up. You know you look at over here, and I'm even saying you know if okay Kentucky gets to their game now, the winner of Cincinnati and Purdue, yeah, they're going to give Kentucky a little run. Okay, Kentucky's not going to walk in there, throw the basketball on the court, and say, "Here we are." And then, if what happened to that, you know, West Virginia, Maryland. I mean, either one of those two, you guys are big Maryland fans, and I am too. But it's it's just the fact that these the teams in the Midwest are all tough. All it takes is one team to have one good night, and whoever did whoever you pick bracket wise in that Midwest. You could be saying, "Oh my God!" And that's you know that that's what it would take, you know, for and and I I say that for any of these brackets here, you know, the the, the term in here, one team is one team, one night, that's all, and that just that takes care of it takes care of itself, you know. You look at the teams that the upset picks today, you know, they all went in with a game plan. They stayed with these teams. So now their game plan is in effect. Nobody ran over. They didn't run a big, big run on them. So now they didn't have to get out of their plan to say, well, we got to do this. We got to hurry up and get this done. And the games were close. Their game plans, they stuck to it. And, you know, at the end of the game, it, it came out that, you know, the plan they went in with won for them and they get to stick with it. They didn't have to get away from it. And that's usually the case with some of these. You know, the lower seeds when they place the, the top seeds and the middle seeds. You know, most of they have to get out of the game plan to, to stay with them. And now they're, you know, they're they're not it's not what they're used to running. And you get sure. and you give credit to the teams that won today. They stuck with the game plan and it worked. All right, I'm enough now. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's great. That, that that's all good stuff. Thank you. That's good. That's well, let me ask you this. 
Shipe. Uh-huh. In your opinion, who who is the 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 best team out of the West that has a chance to win the championship? <sighs> really put me on the spotlight there. I mean, you have I think you have four very good teams in Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Arizona. No, no, no. I, I meant like West Coast. West Coast teams. Oh, you said West. I thought you meant the West region. Clarify West. that, Brad. Okay. <laughs> now, what do you mean by now? What do you, what do you classify as West Coast? Like from where to over? <laughs> Pac-12 West Coast Conference. Okay, okay, uh, that, that, okay. Um, Arizona. Okay. I think from Arizona. I mean, they proved this year they can hang with you know top teams when they beat Gonzaga earlier in the year. Uh, that was one of Gonzaga's few losses this year. Um, they've only had three losses. They ran through the Pac-12 tournament like it was nothing. And unlike, and I think the Pac-12, you know, you may be able to say the same thing about, you know, well, maybe they're like the SEC where they had a down year. I think the Pac-12 is a little bit better than the SEC. Um, UCLA's in a tournament, which, you know, opened a lot of eyes to people. Oregon's in a tournament, so they definitely have more people. And Utah. Yes, and Utah. So, I mean, they definitely had more teams. Uh, but I believe Arizona can uh, is the best team in the West. Uh, I like their style of gameplay. I mean, you saw them today. They score, they score, and they score. And like we said, someone against Kentucky, you know, you got to put points to beat Kentucky, and this team can shoot light, lights out like that on a night where they do play Kentucky and everything's clicking. I don't see any problem where they couldn't even beat a team like Kentucky, but I think it's – I'm going to have to go with Arizona. I mean, what do you think? I'm going to I'm going to take Gonzaga. Uh, you know, I I I think they they're very similar teams. Uh, you know, they they like fast-paced games. They both like to score a lot and I know Arizona got the best of them uh earlier in the year, but I just I just like this Gonzaga team. Uh, you know, I like their coach and, and I think they have they have a little bit more size that can take them a little bit deeper than Arizona can. All right, I'm going to do my best Stephen A impression here and I'm going to call you Skip for a minute. Now, whoa, 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 skip, 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 skip. Now, you said earlier in the year you didn't like Gonzaga that high because they didn't play in one of their conference. So now you're saying you like Gonzaga. So please, skip, please, please tell me what's the little flip flop. Let me clarify that for you. <laughs> I don't think Gonzaga is any better than Duke. I don't think Gonzaga is any better than North Carolina. I don't think Gonzaga is any better than Baylor, who just lost. But in terms of the best West team, I think Gonzaga is going to make the most noise in this tournament. I skip. All right. Does that answer your question? Yes. Do you still love Tebow? <laughs> I've, uh, I've always loved Tebow. Uh, well, Shipe, did you see the game last night? You watch any of those games last night? I didn't get a chance. I I had my um, confirmation class. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, one thing <laughs> the NCAA. A soccer game. Okay. Well, one thing the NCAA usually tries to do is make it so that there's no like home court advantage. There was a game last night played between Boise State and Dayton that was played in Dayton. And I thought that was extremely unfair uh, to a Boise State team, a team that has to travel you know, all the way this far only to face a, a home crowd in what should be an, an equal environment. Uh, I, I thought it was extremely unfair. I, I don't know why the NCAA let this happen. Uh, I, I didn't like it at all. You know, I wish you had seen that. <laughs> you didn't see I'm that. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I was, I had my soccer game. I apologize. That's okay. What game I That's did, okay. I was interested in was this BYU Old Miss uh, first round game. Good Lord, was that a game? 
that's the last scoring going on. They uh, defense optional in that, in that game. By the way, um, Emily Cameron, I'm assuming your sister. That is my sister. Said the best team is UCLA. The best team in the West is UCLA. <laughs> UCLA on the chat room. Well, as much as I respect her opinion, I don't anymore. Uh, <laughs> Have fun at the family no. reunion. Honestly, UCLA is playing really good ball. You know, when, when they got into the tournament, I, I did pick them to win uh, against SMU. As much as I respect Larry Brown and what SMU has done this year, I just thought UCLA was playing a lot better basketball. They were way more competitive in the second part of the season than they were in the first half of the season. And uh, so I actually, I did have them, uh, have them win that game, but mm, I had them losing to Iowa state, but now, now uh, I, I guess maybe they're, they're going to have to battle with the likes of UAB. So it's going to be a, that's an interesting little matchup there. Speaking of Larry Brown, I respect him, but his statement, he was the one who stated that Kentucky would make the playoffs in the East of the NBA was ridiculous. I'm sorry. Those are 18 and 19 year olds. You're going to have them go against teams in the East, grown men. Okay, let's put it this way. The best, the worst team in the East is the New York Knicks. So give me a healthy Carmelo Anthony, and he's going to run through that whole team like they're nothing. It's so hard to to do this comparison. I don't like it. People try and make this comparison. You can't do it. So I I, I don't even want to juggle that because it's impossible to say. It's it's horrible. I mean, they're 18, 19-year-old kids. You're going against seasoned vets. It's not going to happen. And even if they did make the playoffs, they'd be bounced in four games. It wouldn't even be close. You'd put them in the, probably the eighth seed against Atlanta. Yeah, it'd be 100, about 50 every night. Yeah, no, they wouldn't win a game. They wouldn't even get close to winning a game. No. You know when you know the closest that game would be would be tip-off. <laughs> okay, that, that makes sense. Well, hey, <laughs> I, got, I, got a little, I got a little shout-out for you, Shipe. L- lots of teams representing the D.C. area. Uh, in both men's and women's NCAA tournaments, uh, you know, University of Maryland, men and women, both uh, in the, in their respective dances. Georgetown men made it to the dance. George Washington women made it to the dance. Uh, American University, the ladies made it to the dance. So great representation uh, for for teams in the D.C. area in the NCAA tournaments. It's great. You know, speaking of uh, both you know, teams making it ladies and men's. I think this is the first year in a while that we've had a very good Maryland ladies teams and a very good Maryland men's team. And congratulations to the Lady Terps winning their first year in the Big Ten, winning not only the regular season championship, but the conference tournament championship as well. I mean, congrats to them. In the first year, I mean, they came in the Big Ten and said, you know, we're here, we're the Lady Terps, and you better recognize who we are. They certainly did. Same for the Maryland men. I mean, they came in, people thought they were going to be pushovers, not only basketball and football, and they showed up the Big Ten in both sports saying, you know, we're we're here. We're not going to be pushed around because we came from an ACC. Sure. Now, let's talk a little bit about Maryland for the home fans here. A lot of people thought Maryland got snubbed with the four seed. And I'm actually one of those people only because I see a team like Oklahoma with 10 losses and a very, as we're seeing today, a not very good pet. I mean, excuse me, Big 12, as we're seeing today. And... I really felt that Maryland was snubbed with that four seed. I felt they could have, they should have been a three seed. Maybe where Oklahoma's at, I felt, you know, the bracket they would put in, they should have been put in that bracket. I think, I think Maryland got very screwed. And I don't know if it has anything to do with them being the, you know, this first year in the Big Ten. And people think the Big Ten was just had a down year. And they're like, oh, you know, if Maryland was in the ACC, they wouldn't do this trade. That could be true. But don't penalize them for switching conferences and being good. I mean, they, they went to the Big Ten for money reasons. 
but they're showing everyone up. And I felt like they were penalized for some odd reason. And I, you know, just some of these three seeds, I feel like Maryland are better than, especially Oklahoma. I have, you know, good, you know, good for Oklahoma to be a three seed, but I don't think they deserve that three seed. I think that could have easily been Maryland, you know, Baylor, you know, Iowa state, a team that Maryland beat. And Maryland beat Iowa state beginning of the year and they beat Wisconsin. So they beat two teams that won their conference, you know, tournaments and, a four seed, I think, was too was too low for Maryland. I think they should at least have been a three seed. I mean, Brad, what were your thoughts on Maryland in that four seed? Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you, Shipe. I was disappointed to see Maryland at a four seed, especially in Kentucky's bracket. You know, that's that's saying that we were the worst of the four seeds. And uh, so what they're saying is we are basically a five seed. And I don't think that was fair in any sort of way. Uh, but, you know, the blood was spilled. But eventually you got to you got to move on. And, you know, if we really want to be the best and and we want to be able to to win at the highest level, we were going to have to cross that bridge with Kentucky or with one other great team eventually. You know, so why not get it out of the way early? Um, you know, we'll have, a, we'll, we'll have a couple a couple tough games. You know, Valparaiso is nothing necessarily to uh, to to look past. And then, you know, especially uh, the next matchup between West Virginia or Buffalo isn't a game that we want to, you know, skip over. Uh, but, but yeah, if we do win those games, obviously the toughest task of the season for Maryland is, is going to be trying to get through Kentucky. But, you know, if you're going to have to cross that bridge eventually, why not make it sooner rather than later? So, you know, I, I think, I think at first it, it was kind of eye opening that they got a four seed because, you know, they were projected a, a three for the longest time. And, you know, after winning one game in the big, the big 10 championship, you know, making it to the semifinals, you would have thought that they would have solidified, you know, that that three seed. But, you know, then that then here comes the four seed in Kentucky's bracket. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a little bit of a shock. But, you know, I, I think Maryland is ready to to move past that shock and, you know, and play their games and face whatever challenge comes. Uh, it's funny. Your sister just mentioned that. Um, I think she brought up a good point that so far, except for Notre Dame, it's been pretty much bad luck for three seeds. So maybe it's fortunate that Maryland wasn't a three seed. That's a very good way to look at it. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens with, with Oklahoma versus Albany. That that, that, that could be interesting. That's my big upset of the tournament, actually. I'll bring that out. Is Albany, I think, will make it to the Sweet 16. And wow. my, my reasoning behind that is, people are going to call me crazy, is that Albany won their conference tournament over a last second three by this young man. And a lot of people know the backstory of this kid. He actually left the beginning of January to go back to Australia because his mother had just passed away from cancer. So, you know, prayers out to him and his family. He came back and he hit the game winning three in this conference tournament. You know, he went straight to the you know side, prayed. And I feel like something like that are stories, you know, you hear about. And I feel like that's something that can motivate a team, especially a player, to perform better. And I feel like something like that will carry momentum into the tournament to where, you know, we all believe Oklahoma don't believe that should be that three seed to where I think Albany, you know, you use that kind of emotion, that momentum from a game-winning shot the game before, and they could possibly... We lost Brad there for a second. No, we didn't. <laughs> He's there. He was, just... oh, his cam- he was playing with his camera. Uh, to where they could beat Oklahoma, and I actually have Albany making it to Sweet 16. I feel like they're going to be this year's Cinderella story. You know, not as far as some of these teams like George Mason, Florida Golf Coast, where they made the Elite Eight, but where, you know, they'll get to Sweet 16, and they'll have to face, you know, a team like Michigan State or Virginia, and the Cinderella will come to an end. 
But I before the upsets today, they were my surprise team. And that's what I love about the NCAA tournament is that you get these Cinderella stories that these teams you don't really hear about during the season and they make these runs and they open your eyes. Like until this day, people still talk about Dunk City and Florida Gulf Coast and what they did. I mean, they're still, they're a household name. George Mason, when they made their run to the Final Four, people still remember them. So that's what I love about when these lower, when these higher seeds do that is that they are remembered not for that individual year, but for times to come and turn in years after they're going to remember like, Oh, you remember when they did this, this is going to be a team that does that this year. Like every year, George Mason is known as the, the Cinderella King to where it's like, who's going to be this year's George Mason. And it said that every year since that, it's like, who's this year's George Mason? Who's this year's George Mason? And that's how teams are remembered now. And I kind of like that. I like the lower teams, the little smaller schools getting recognition like that. Um, Brad, before today's upsets, what was your uh, upset special? Uh, I, you know, that, that, that's one of the questions I was going to ask you, Shipe, is who's your Cinderella story? I, I guess now we know it's, uh, for you, it's Albany. For me, it's Wofford. Uh, you, you look at what history has shown us the past couple of years and 12 seeds have been winning games and making runs. And uh, I think, I think the SEC is slightly overrated. And I, I think if Arkansas isn't careful, they can slip up against a team like Wofford that has been competitive all year that, that scores a lot of points. Uh, and, and I got Wofford as my team to, uh, my Cinderella story to to make some noise in the in the in the tournament this year. Now my fiance would kind of argue with that because she picked Arkansas to reach the final four, <laughs> so she she wow. would she would go at you with that. She would disagree with you completely. Well, tell your fiance I apologize. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dad, what's your uh, Cinderella story this year in your bracket that you had? Who did you what higher seed did you pick to get through? Well, I picked a, a team to get through, but I've been laughed at all day. You know, I've taken it at work and SF Stephen F. Austin. You know, they're they're not bad, or not too many know about them, but you know, they're they're. It's just that looking at some of the stats that they've had, and I'm not a big looking at stat person, that uh, they could make some noise if they get past Utah. Okay, they could make some noise through the Sweet Sixteen. Sorry about that. But they could get to the Sweet 16. And then that would put them up against what I have going through would be Duke. You know, I think if they get that far, I don't think they'd be able to handle Duke. But I think that they could, you know, get to the Sweet 16. It's a, it's a you know, it's a chance. But you're looking for upset teams. That's that's mine. Okay. I another, like it. another 12 seed. Another 12 seed. Got to watch those 12 seeds. And I like that reasoning with Georgetown because Georgetown is the most inconsistent team ever in an NCAA tournament. They could have the highest seed, the lowest seed, and they find a way. I don't, I don't know what it is with that team. They just find a way to mess it up in the tournament for some reason. They could have the best regular season and the tournament be bounced. in the fr- If Georgetown was the number one seed ever in the next couple of years, they'd be the number one seed that I would probably pick to finally lose. They would be they would be the number one seed that would lose for no reason. Every no one would pick them to win. I mean, no one pick them to lose, but they would be the team. I feel that would that would just break that 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 streak of never losing. I and think that's a little bit of exaggeration there. They but... were a two seed and lost to a Florida Gulf Coast. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, you're right, but that team went on a special run. It wasn't like they just slipped up and the team, you know, that that team just fell off the map. That team went on a special run. Not that that's any any sort of necessarily an excuse. Uh, but yes, Georgetown has really, really flopped 
in the NCAA tournament the past few years. So, so yeah, you got to look at whoever comes through that Utah and, uh, you know, Stephen F. Austin matchup. If they do play the likes of Georgetown, you know, look for Georgetown to possibly slip up. I, I hate to say that, but, uh, you know, just that they've been, they've been showing us. And I know this is a completely different team, but, you know, for some odd reason that, that, that organization has been finding ways to lose games in the NCAA tournament uh, versus, you know, versus win games and, and pull off, pull off bigger wins that, that maybe they weren't supposed to have. Um, just a little update for the fans real quick listening. Um, score update. We have number one seed Villanova ahead of Lafayette at halftime by a score of 49-26. Purdue is beating Cincinnati 29-26 with one second left. I'm sure that'll be zero. And then we have North Carolina up on Harvard 26-20 with five minutes and 19 seconds left in the first half. So we have three games going on. Uh, still left to come tonight is your number one overall seed, Kentucky, facing Hampton. You still have Utah against SF Austin, so we'll see how that prediction comes true. We still have LSU versus North Carolina State. East Washington against Georgetown, so we'll see if Georgetown takes another stumble. Brad's upset pick, Walford, plays Arkansas tonight, so uh, we'll see how your guys' Cinderella story goes. We have to wait for mine until tomorrow. Have any? How many games have been played already? Was today the first day? Yeah, today was the first day. Okay. Are the, have any games completed yet, or are these tonight the first we games? Have, we have eight completed so far. They started at 12. Oh, okay. Any upsets, uh, any upsets in, that, in those, uh, in those yeah, games? Yeah, we had um, three so far. Who were they? Um, UAB beat Iowa State. That was a 14 seed over a three seed. Did you discuss this already? It was the first part of the show. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. You don't have to go through it it's again. It's fine. You know, it's fine. Yeah. I don't mind. Georgia so, State was a three seed over, or excuse me, was a 14 seed over a three seed Baylor. And then UCLA beat SMU, and that was 11 over 6. Okay, so there have been already. It's been some pretty good upsets so far today. Okay. Um, I mean, today, honestly, is probably the, the biggest day for people to take half days off of work. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure every sports fan today was thinking of some way of how to go home, whether okay. it be sick, you know, some family emergency come, somehow just came out of nowhere. We, we talked about something yesterday on, uh, on my podcast about how much money – Companies and corporations lose today just from from employees like not working and paying attention to like the, um, you know, to the tournament or whatever. And it was something like in the millions of dollars. Well, none of us here can <laughs> uh, can can say what we've done in case any of our employees are watching. Yeah, no, we were working hard. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. hard at work driving a car around the community. <laughs> but it's just amazing. I mean, they like they, they went as far as to like, you know, put those numbers together because it's, it's so true, you know. Well, this was the biggest day for that to happen because this is where the game started at 12. Like, next Friday and Thursday, you have the Sweet 16, but I don't think they normally don't start. Maybe they start at 1 or so, I believe, Brad. Or do they start yeah. at 4? They I start think at 1. Spa- they space out the games where they don't overlap. They don't over- overlap yet. This this yeah. one, they do overlap because there's so mm-hmm. many. But, I mean, you've got a lot of people who left work at 12. They're going maybe like Hooters or something yeah. like that to watch mm-hmm. the game. It's yeah. not a bad thing to do. For the whole, the whole, how long does the tournament last for? They started at 12 today. But I mean, until when uh, is it? August, April 6th. A- April, I said August. April 6th. It's a long that's tournament. That's a lot of okay. madness. So it's like a month. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of companies losing money. That's for sure. The whole month. <laughs> All right. The next thing I want to bring up with Brad, I discussed to you about this, are these playing games that they have okay. or technically now the first round. Normally they were yeah. first called to play. Excuse me, guys. Sorry about that. Um, now they were called playing games. Usually, it was one one team was a play, and now there's four of them. And 
I have a problem with these playing games. Now, I know people, oh, they're, you know, it's the first round, you know, they should still be happy to be in. But I feel that these playing games should be set up for at-large bid teams. I feel that if you win your conference tournament, you should already be in, in the games on Thursday, Friday. Because as, as I told you earlier, you know, I didn't watch last night's game. But, you know, I may have been more intrigued to watch if it was an actual Thursday or Friday because those are the games that people remember and watch. I mean, the BYU-Ole Miss game, I mean, no one's going to forget that game because of high scoring. But I just feel like if you won your conference tournament, you, should, you shouldn't have to do this. You should be able to play on the big day, which is Thursday or Friday. That's the day that's really big, that sets out everyone's mind. That's, you know, almost when officially the tournament begins. That's when I think they should play. But instead, you're giving some of these kids like Hampton, Manhattan, you know, it's like, all right, cool, you won a conference tournament, but you have to play one more game to actually make it to the big show. And that's how I feel. I mean, you do consider it the first round, but I don't consider it the big show yet. I feel like the big show is actually Thursday and Friday when everyone is watching, when the whole world is on you. And I think those play, those four playing games should be reserved for at-large big teams. Let them have to earn their way into the big show because first off, they had to earn their way as an at-large bid. Make them have to do it again. Make them have to face another at-large team. But that's just my personal opinion. You know, a lot of people disagree with me. I don't know if people will agree with me, but um, Brad, what are your thoughts on my opinions on that? So you're saying those first four should be for at-large bubble, you know, possibly yes. bubble. Yes, okay. like like maybe like the last four in. I think uh, I I think that's 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 completely fair, uh, and, and I understand that argument, and, and I I think that's that that's something the NCAA should consider. I I I do think that's a good idea. Um, you know, I'm just trying to trying to think that the way they format this, you know, why they have those two 16 seeds as, as play in games, instead of giving these guys, you know, one of them a 15 seed or, you know, or, or two of them a 15 seed. What and, they deserve for winning their conference tournament. I mean, they, I mean, some, sure. I mean, like, you know, I mean, Ole Miss, you know, Ole Miss was an SEC. We forgot to mention them, but I just feel like, you know, teams like North Florida, Robert Morris, Hampton, Mahan, Manhattan, I said Mahan, Manhattan, they won their conference tournaments. They should be allowed to already be in the big dance. They shouldn't have to try to play their way and make them fight with another conference tournament. I mean, it's almost like, you know, all right, you won okay. this, they won that. We're going to have you guys just okay. face each other. I, I don't like that. So what seeds would these play-in games be? You have two 11s and two 16s. In your format, what would be the seeding for these play-in games? Well, I like how they have the seedings now, you know, like Hampton, Mahanza, 16, because, you know, none of them will probably be better than Boise and Dayton. But... Make the at-large bid, you know, make those conference tournaments, make them still be 16 or 15 because that's probably where they will match up with everyone else. And just make the at-large bid maybe like a 5, like a 11, 12, 13. Make them go for those. And I think that would make even more for a treasy matchups. I mean, can you imagine like a um, a Dayton, you know, can you imagine them as like a 13 seed going against, you know, where's a 13 seed I can, like a North Carolina as a 4 seed. That'd be an interesting first-round matchup. I want to see more interesting first-round matchups. I want to see these number one seeds. I know people want to see them go all the way. I want to see them push their limits. I want to see what they're really made of. See, what that's that's not the point. The point is you've earned the spot, so you get to breeze through. No offense to some of these 16 seeds, but it's never happened. No 16 seed has ever beaten a one seed. Well, that's so why deep. I said to still have those lower conference tournament teams still be the 15, 16, or 14 seed, and then the at-large bids, if they, they deserve to be 11 or 10, keep them there but make them fight it out for that 11 or 10 spot. Don't make two conference champions fight out for an, a spot in the big show. 
Okay, I, I understand that. I just feel like that would, like, so let's put Hampton, Manhattan, North Florida, and Robert Morris in. So who then do you kick out? Who gets put into those games? All right, if you give me a couple seconds to look. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and give your opinion on that while I look real quick. So take okay. Me, take me a couple I, 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 I agree with you. I, I just... I, I think that's I think that's good, but I think the NCAA because because I remember this being an argument for a long time. You know, then should, should we expand it? You know, we should put more teams in because there was all this bubble talk and you know, well, so and so didn't get in, and this is and you know, this is crap, and and everyone's upset, and and they talk about bubble teams, uh, so they expanded the field. So they went, okay, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna expand the field, we're gonna make it so more teams can get in, uh, and, and so they they went to this format, and uh, and I don't know the exact rules behind you know who who does these play-ins I, I guess BYU Ole Miss Boise and Dayton I think those were like the last four in like those were the last four in and so they put them into those play-in games and I guess North Florida Robert Morris Hampton and Manhattan were all the worst of you know uh, of the of the 16 seeds but but realistically Shipe they're they're so it would be it would be discluding two teams. So you'd have to drop like let's just say BYU and Old Miss. Because if you want to put Hampton, Manhattan, and North Florida and Robert Morris in, like Well no no no, those, no 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 you would put those four teams in the tournament okay, already and okay, then just take okay. four teams out of there and make them do the thing in. Well well here's the thing. You wouldn't because two of them are gonna get in anyway. Like they're playing against each other to get in. So two of them, like Hampton is in. Like, so two of these four teams that are 16 seeds are going to get in anyway. So you'd have to drop two of the, of the, the automatic bids. You'd have to drop BYU and, and Old Miss then because there, there, there wouldn't be room. Do you know what I'm saying? If you want to put, if you want to put Hampton and Robert Morris in, uh, you know, well, well, Robert Morris, Morris won. Let's say you want to put Manhattan and North Florida in. You're going to have to kick two teams out. All right, I, I, I get what you're saying now, but I I guess it's not fair to the to the last four in teams. I just feel that, you know, if you win your conference tournament, I feel like you should be in the big day on Thursday and Friday. I just feel it's like, you know, if I played for a school like Manhattan, I'm like, yeah, you know, we won our conference tournament. Then you look at the brain, oh, you got to play on a Tuesday or Wednesday is like, well, crap, you know, no one's going to, you know, not many people watch those games. So now, you know, I really wanted okay. to play on a Thursday or a Friday, you know, but let me present it to you this way. So you're, you're Manhattan. Yay. We just won our conference championship. Yay. Who do we get to play? Kentucky. We don't even have a chance to win a conference, like a tournament game. Like there's no hope at least in this format. It's like, yeah, we went to the tourney. We won a game. Woohoo. Like we're, we're so geeked up. Now we get to get beat by Kentucky, but at least, you know, at least they can be like, Hey, hey look, we went to the dance and, and we won a game. You know, they, they can say that about their university. You know, I, I think that's, that that's one way to look at it. Sure. It'd be nice if they can get the publicity, but who, who, who's going to be watching that Kentucky game after they're up 20 at halftime. No one, no one's going to tune in to see that. They're going to tune in to watch, Albany, who's battling with Oklahoma, you know, a, a tight game. That's Cinderella. the game they're going to flip to. Exactly. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like, I, I, I like this a little bit.
because it gives them a chance to actually like win a tournament game. I mean, you put them against Villanova, Duke, Wisconsin, or, or Kentucky, they're going to lose. History has shown that 16 seeds don't win. You know, it, I think it will eventually happen once Georgetown gets a one seed. No, just kidding, Georgetown. That was a cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will happen in history, you know, but that maybe it's a long time after I'm gone. But either way, I, I, I do like the fact that they can at least be like, you know what? Now that we're going, we, we have a legitimate chance to win a game in the NCAA tournament. You know, I know it's not by, by, by whatever standards, it's not a Thursday game, but if they win it, they get a banner that says, you know, we went to the tournament, we won a game. Like they're going to get something that, that, that they can represent, that they can hang in their rafters, uh, you know, at their university. So, you know, I understand what you're saying where, where it's not fair that they don't get the full publicity that, that, that is what, what's custom that we've seen in previous years. But on the other hand, I like the fact that these kids can kind of be like, yo, yo, we might be able to win a game. Not, oh man, now we're going to get like plowed. You know, now we're now we're going to get run over by Kentucky. So, you know, basically our season's over. We're going to the dance to be made look, you know, made a fool of. You know, now they can be like, all right, we, we're going to the dance. We might win a game. Brad won, Matt zero. No, I, 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 can, see, <laughs> I can see it both ways. I'm just saying I, I see it both ways. All right. Well, um, I do want to do something before we go. Since the tournament started, we were supposed to do the show like on a Tuesday or a Monday. We couldn't get it done. So now that it's already started, we can actually give our picks now, now that no one else can steal them. So I just want to go real quick. I'm going to give my final four. My dad, Brad, you give your final four, and then we'll give our champion. So I'm going to go first. Wait, wait, wait. Is this before Iowa State lost or now that I know they've lost? This is before they lost. <laughs> okay. Sorry, buddy. I'm just kidding. I didn't have them. I didn't either. Um, so in the Midwest, I am going to have Kentucky out of the Midwest. I know I said earlier they could come into a derailment, but... I mean, they are the best team in the nation for a reason. I feel like they'll get out. In the West, I hyped them up so much today on the show. Arizona. Out of the East, I have Virginia. I feel like their defense, and they got their star player back now. I feel like that's going to be a big help to them. And out of the South, I'm going to go with um, with the Duke Blue Devils. I feel if they can make it, they can have the, I feel like they have the easiest bracket. And maybe they can get a run going. Gonzaga maybe will stumble somewhere along the way. Um, I feel David. I feel Gonzaga's gonna have to play Davidson in the second round anyway. And I feel like Davidson's a very good shooting team, to where maybe they can give Gonzaga some trouble. So that's my final four: is Kentucky, Arizona, Virginia, and Duke. Two one seeds and two two seeds. Um, Dad, let's go with you first on your final four. I'll make mine. I'll make mine easy. Kentucky out of the Midwest, Arizona out of the West, Villanova out of the East, and Duke out of the South. You want my final two? Not yet. Okay. Go ahead, Brad. All right. Uh, I'm going to start in the East. I, I think that that is a, a toss-up. Um, you, you know, I think anyone could win that. Uh, I'm going to take Louisville coming out of that bracket. I think Louisville is, is battle-tested from playing in the ACC. You know, they... Uh, it'd be a rivalry game if they they play against Villanova because they they used to play in conference uh, back in the Big East and and also they've already seen the likes of UVA. If UVA makes it that far, I, I think they can make it. They can get past both those teams and make it to the Final Four. So I got Louisville. I do have Duke though in the South. I just think they're too balanced, too well coached to to not get through their opponents. I'm going to take Arizona out of the West, and I'm going with Notre Dame 
at the Midwest. I, I think they have enough shooting to take down Kentucky to to put a lot of pressure on them to to really speed their game up and really make their big men run. Uh, I'm going with Notre Dame. So I got Notre Dame, Louisville, Duke, and Arizona. Now I have to ask, when watching the end of that Notre Dame game, were you... Uh, I was get, breathing pretty heavy. Were you getting a little... <laughs> now, is this the same? Yeah. Is that the same Final Four you had for our um, tournament challenge? That that's not that the tournament challenge. I I that that's not exactly what I picked. I was hoping it was Notre Dame would have lost, and that would have felt really good. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> no. all right. Well, my final two will be. I'm going to have the Arizona over Kentucky, and on the other side, in a rematch, the ACC powerhouses. I'm gonna go with Duke beating Virginia. I think Okafor is just too good of a player. I think he's going to carry this team. And I think I just think he may be a little bit too much again for Virginia to handle. Uh, I really wish they would have gotten to play each other for a third time in that title game. They didn't, unfortunately. So I'm a little upset about that. And then the winner of the NCAA 2015 March Madness Tournament for me will be Arizona. I'm picking Arizona to go through the whole thing and win it. <laughs> What your dad? Uh, you know, he was downstairs. You know, early in the week, looking at my sheets. Before do you do you want to see? Do you want to see my I sheet? Mean, you, see, I, I, you know what? I kept looking, and I go, "Why are you looking at my stuff?" I had already done mine. So, I even told you. I showed you. Know, you. Mine was completely filled. All you know, right, Shipe's picks are completely invalid. He's cheating. <laughs> we'll strike those from the I, record. I had to come up with another sheet. I'm not cheating. Well, That's funny. Jesus, I only cheated on testing school. What? what? <laughs> Who said that, <laughs> Brad? I know you're in school right now, but I hope none of your teachers are listening. <laughs> no, they uh, they they are. I have them tuned in. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not a cheater. I don't use steroids. I'm not Barry Bonds, but he does look ooh, at other ooh, people's ooh, sheets. Ooh, throw, throw, <laughs> was that a cheap shot? Drop there. Was that a, a cheap shot? A Rod? No, I mean, God, I'm sorry, Brad. Go ahead before I get myself in trouble here. <laughs> yeah, can can we mute him, Paul? Can mute him? <laughs> yeah, I should. <laughs> No, Ch- what's, that, what's, that, dad- what's that show where they do and they uh, put people oh around the horn around the horn, yeah, <laughs> around the horn. Let, let, let your dad go shape all right go ahead dad oh, we got so far out of sync here what am i doing you're your national final. champion oh your, national, your final two in the winner okay final two I, you know kentucky's gonna have a long way to go they're gonna it's it's a tough bracket so i think arizona is gonna be kentucky and then duke will end up beating Villanova hmm. and then Arizona's gonna win it all. That's it. I'm just saying I did mine first. Well, shoot. <laughs> I'm gonna I have to start uh... dating my stuff at the house, you know? <laughs> you know, five, six, you know. Date it with initials. With initials. Yeah. My mom's a notarizer. He'll get her notarized at the day he does it. <laughs> all right, well, go. I, I I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Louisville riding Harold uh, playing great. I got Louisville over Duke. They've already seen Duke a couple times, and uh, you know I, they know exactly what to expect. And I, I think Louisville can can oust Duke. So I'm going to take Louisville versus Arizona. But I also have Arizona winning the national the national title. So we're all taking Arizona, but we're taking different different roads to get there. So we're all on the Arizona bandwagon. <laughs> uh, I guess you could say that. What, um, what did they come and rank us or seeded us? Two. Oh, okay. They there was a possibility they they should have been a one seed, but um, as we look back on it now, you know, people questioned about Duke being the one seed and them getting over Virginia. I just feel like with Virginia's best player actually being hurt, 
you know, they do take that in consideration. This committee, like, mm-hmm. you know, their players hurt. Are they going to play as a one seed now with him being out? And that's what a lot of people got to remember about this committee is, you know, your team may have, you know, two or three losses, but let's say their best player, you know, tears his ACL the last game of the year. They're not, they're not going to be that same team as they were during the season. So yeah. who's, who's the first is what's Kentucky's uh, Kentucky's number one, one, number right? one overall. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it was, what was it, Kentucky? Villanova, Duke, and Wisconsin. Wow. Okay. So, really? Wisconsin was yeah. the last one? Hmm. Mm-hmm. See, they're going to ride, uh, what's that guy's name? Should, uh, Frank Kaminsky. Kaminsky. They're going to, they have to ride him, him and Decker. I'm sure they will. They facilitate a lot of their offense through both of those guys. Uh, they're, they're a huge part of their, uh, their offense, so yeah. Hey, Maryland shut them down. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> let's let's go Terps. I know the Terps are going to play hard against Kentucky if we make it, and we're going to expose them. We're going to give Notre Dame the the ingredients to taking them down. <laughs> nice. All right, everyone. That's uh, probably going to wrap it up today. We I hope you enjoyed our NCAA special show. The next time we're going to run one of these shows will be uh, the Masters preview show. So look out for that in the next couple of weeks. That should be coming up uh, next week. We're going to go over the first and second round of the tournament. We'll preview the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 matchups that could happen. So we're going to be talking about the NCAA tournament for the next couple of weeks. This thing's not going anywhere. So be prepared for that. Um, next week, not only we'll go over that, we'll go over, start getting over some more baseball talk. We're getting closer to the season. A lot of injuries happen. We'll get into some more free agency because as it you know keeps going on, free agency are still going to happen. Speaking of free agency, uh, Brian Arakbrow is Tennessee Titan, and I hope he makes you guys bitter. <laughs> I hope he makes you guys bitter. Oh, he's, he's awesome. Signed. Nice. Okay. Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, everyone, thank you for listening. And I want to, Paul, Uncle Paul, you can have a few words for the audience. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, what am I going to tell them? Where to to find us, find you, right? Of course, where they can find us. So website, website, www.chipesportstalk.com. There you can find all the past episodes, uh, URL links to our up-and-coming episodes, the live stream on YouTube. You can stream the podcast and also you'll find the links to iTunes and Stitcher. So uh, you can take us on the go or listen to us from your cell phone or whatever. So uh, when you're at Stitcher or when you're at uh, on iTunes, just give us a rating uh, and a comment, a review that will actually help out the podcast tremendously. So do that if you can. And uh, we'd appreciate it. Contact us on the website also. Just click on the contact us tab and uh, send us your questions, your comments or whatever. We'll mention you live on the air. Uh, for sure. What else? Twitter at uh, Shipe Sports Talk. Instagram at Shipe Sports Talk. I have an Instagram now. <laughs> good. <laughs> um, with the with the same name. That's good. Um, and email. You could shoot us an email at uh, Shipe Sports Talk at gmail.com. Um, any of those methods, you can get in contact with us and we'll make sure that we address it live on the air if you get in touch with us. I think. Is that it? That seems pretty good to me. Did I cover all the avenues of getting in touch with us. I think so. Yeah. So good luck to Maryland. Good luck to the lady Terps. Bring home some wins. Maybe bring home a national championship or two. Right Wait, is, I don't think has a, has a women in, uh, women's and men's team ever won a championship in the same year. I'm assuming Duke. No. No, no one's well, ever done oh, it. Has no, UConn has. UConn yeah. did it? Yeah. Well, let's be the second one. I'd love it. <laughs> so for myself. Wait a minute. Hold on. Did, huh? did you know that what today's a monumentous episode? It's number 10. A, number 10. That's right. Good job, guys. Tenth episode. Also, we reached our thousandth download also this past week. So yep. please keep listening. Please keep downloading. We love it. We appreciate it. 
Keep listening to the show. We're going to be around for a while. So for myself, for Uncle Polly, <laughs> for my dad, for Brad, thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week, Thursday, 6.45 p.m. Thanks for all the entries, too, for the uh, tournament challenge. Yes. Thank you for all the entries. Good luck to everyone out there. I hope you don't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> Go Terps. Nice.